0: Take us with you. Download HIV care tools today.
1: Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Breitman. Today, we're sitting down with John Farragon to talk about the COVID 19 pandemic and how to protect folks with compromised immune systems. Thanks so much for coming on, John.
2: Yeah, thanks, Mariana. Glad to be here today.
1: So John, what is the current recommendation for immunocompromised patients when it comes to how best to protect themselves from this continuously evolving virus?
2: Okay, so you know, I think many of us are aware that the CDC continues to recommend um, the use of, of the, uh, the FDA-approved Pfizer uh, COVID-19 vaccine for 16 and older. Um, uh, yeah, it's one of the recommended vaccines to protect against COVID-19. Uh, and also that, that recommendation is also for, at least for Pfizer, extends to uh, adolescents who are 12 through 15. And clearly for, for older patients, you know, the, um, the, the, the Moderna and the, and the Janssen vaccines are certainly certainly reasonable. Um, well, as it relates to the mRNA vaccines, uh, the, the guidelines really kind of have, have kind of changed a little bit in the fact, you know, we are starting to recommend this for, for immunocompromised uh, people as well. So, so remember that they, the, um, uh, the CDC also recommended an additional mRNA dose recently for moderately severe immunocompromised people. So specifically right now, the guidelines in, from the CDC are recommending the following. So if anybody has moderate to severe compromised immune systems, uh, or, these patients are especially vulnerable to COVID-19 and may not build the same level of immunity to the two-dose vaccine series compared to people who are not immunocompromised. So again, a lot of words there, but really what it's saying is that when you look at the antibody levels that are required to kind of neutralize SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, the level of immunity for people who have had, uh, who have immunocompromised uh, situations or, or disease states, uh, the, those levels, those antibody levels are not as high as the two dose um, uh, with just two doses. And some people may require a, what we call a booster dose or, or a third dose for immunocompromised uh, people. Again, remember that this is uh, really with the mRNA vaccines, You know, with, with um, there's some recent data that's coming out in the next couple of weeks that may actually be here now, uh, some data on, on Janssen second doses, but we really don't have a lot of information on that yet. So people, um, so I think the bottom line is this additional dose is really intended to to improve the immunocompromised uh, patient's response to their initial vaccine series. Uh, And again, as it relates to HIV, we think about this because some of our patients, especially those who may not be on treatment or may be newly infected, really this kind of falls into that that area. Although although the CDC does not recommend additional doses or booster shots for other populations at this time, um, that is also probably going to change. And in fact, that will probably be recommendations that, that are, that are gonna be coming forth for, for patients who are older, who are, who are um, 65 or older. We'll probably see that see that pretty soon. Um, CDC does recommend that people with moderately to severe immunocompromised immune systems receive that extra dose of mRNA vaccine at least 28 days after a second dose of, of, of a Pfizer vaccine or a Moderna vaccine. So again, for, for moderately or severe compromised immune systems, that additional mRNA COVID-19 vaccine is recommended. And again, at least 28 days after that second dose.
1: Can you talk a little bit more about why folks with immunocompromised systems need that extra dose of the COVID-19 vaccine?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's important. And again, a lot of this is right off of the CDC website. There's some great sections in there that talk about this. But it's important to know that really the, the people who are moderately to severely immunocompromised They make up about 3% of the adult population, and and those patients are especially vulnerable to COVID-19 because they really are at more uh, risk of serious prolonged illness from COVID-19. And some of the studies have indicated that even immunocompromised people, they don't always build the same level of immunity after vaccination the way non-immunocompromised people do. So again, they may have more benefit from an additional dose to ensure that adequate protection against sars uh, against COVID, SARS-CoV-2 and obviously COVID-19, the disease state. Um, in small studies, fully vaccinated in fully vaccinated patients, the immunocompromised people have accounted for a large proportion of the hospitalized breakthrough cases. And that suggests that the immunocompromised people are more likely to transmit the virus to, to household contacts as well. So again, a lot of this is really based on, we know that uh, people who, have, um, who are severely immunocompromised uh, are especially vulnerable to the to, to, to SARS-CoV-2 virus uh, infection, and, and, and the adequate protection just might not be there. So that's really, I think, the, the rationale between before the, you know, for this extra dose of COVID-19 uh, vaccine.
1: So who specifically would fall into the category of people that should get this third dose of the COVID-19 vaccine?
2: Yeah, so right now, the, the CDC guidance is that this includes people who have been receiving active cancer treatment for tumors or cancers of the blood. Um, if you, anybody who received an organ transplant and are taking medicines to suppress the immune system, that's an important one. Um, stem cell transplants within the last two years, or again, if they're taking uh, medications to suppress the immune system, we call those kind of anti-rejection meds in the organ transplant world, and so they're on like tacrolimus or serolimus, or they're on mycophenolate or prednisone or any of these drugs that are involved with, with care of patients who are on transplants really should be considered. Um, so there are some, some uh, primary immunodeficiencies, which are rare. There's this uh, called the George syndrome, Wiscott-Aldrich syndrome, rare. Uh, but again, it's, it's certainly there. I think for us, you know, working in the HIV world, if anybody has advanced or untreated HIV infection, they would really be a candidate for, for this additional dose. Uh, and also anybody who's receiving high-dose corticosteroids, so steroid drugs, for example, if they're on high-dose prednisone, that may be potentially uh, suppressing your immune response might, might be important. I want to tell you, too, we got a lot of these questions in the very beginning when people were first starting their vaccine series. You know, they were on prednisone because they had rheumatoid arthritis, or they're on prednisone for lupus or whatever they had, and they were concerned that they might not provide the same immune response. But these are the people that you really want to make sure they're vaccinated and potentially get this Get this booster dose, this extra dose, because of, of that of that reason. Because we know that the if your immune system is uh, is in uh, is is basically shut down a little bit by some of these steroids and these other other drugs or the disease states, that the immune response may not be the same. So people really most important thing I, I can't tell you this enough. I and mean, you can read the CDC and you can go by their guidance, but. For some of these situations, I think you really need to talk to your healthcare provider and, and get their perspective as well on whether or not it's appropriate for them to get the extra dose. But um, I think what for us in the HIV world, I, I think most if, if a patient wants to get it and their T cells are normal, I think it's certainly reasonable. But I think it's really the advanced people who don't have a lot of options left and may not have a lot of CD, may not have a lot of T cells left. For those people who are newly infected or who have untreated infection, get them vaccinated as early as you can, obviously making sure they get through the acute phases of, uh, of HIV infection. But I think that's really, those are really the key patients that we're worried about in our clinic as, as far as, uh, uh, as, far as the, the immunocompromised patients. But again, I can't urge enough to make sure you talk to your healthcare provider uh, about, their, about their condition to make sure that that, that, that appropriate dose is, is right for them.
1: And what about the vaccination card? Why is it important for people to have it and carry it around?
2: All right. So it, it it's, it's, it's silly to even talk about, but we need to keep track of the doses, right? So you, at your first vaccination appointment, you should have received the vaccination card. It really tells you which vaccine you received, the date you received it, where you got it. And this vaccination card should be brought to your additional vaccine appointment. If you did not receive a COVID-19 vaccination card at your first appointment, really recommend that people contact the vaccination provider site where you got your first site or at least the state health department to find out how you can get a card. Um, if you've lost your vaccination card or don't have a copy, again, contact that provider directly. If you can't access the vaccination provider directly, the st- state health department should be able to use their vaccination, their immunization information system to help you find where you got the vaccine seen and get you, get you the dates and the information required. Um, if you enrolled in Vsafe or there's another thing called VaxText, after your first vaccine, you can access your vaccination information using those tools. Um, and if you've made every effort to locate your, your information and you're unable to get a copy, uh, and still need an extra dose talk to a vaccination provider i'm sure they will usually work with people i can tell you for me that in, in new york state we have an app that's like kind of like a passport thing you actually put your name in and your date of birth and it, it actually logs your uh tells you when when it expires and you know how you know how long you're protected for and it's it's a it's a barcode so a lot of like for example if you go to like a sporting event they may want to see that and and they want to ask you were you vaccinated and you can just show them that that um, that, that system to make that happen. If you're outside of New York state, there's, I'm sure there's other systems in other States as well, but I think bringing your vaccination card with you is really important uh, for your additional uh, dose appointments. Another thing that it, it also highlights the issue of not laminating the card. Like a lot of people take their, they, they have their two dose shots and they've laminated it. And, you know, that's another thing you don't probably don't want to do. Uh, take a picture of it, keep it in your saved file. So you have it in case somebody needs it. And this way you have the dates as a, as a backup copy. Um, also, I'm sure you're aware of this, but there's also a lot of shady stuff going on vaccination cards where people are uh, selling vaccination cards for people, falsifying the records, etc. Obviously, that's another piece of of this whole idea, but make sure you have your own vaccination card for you and, and, and you have it with you when, when you need it and store it in a place that's that's safe. I think is the most important piece.
1: Okay. So if you're immunocompromised, how long after getting your initial COVID-19 vaccine, can you get the additional dose? Yes,
2: yeah, so it's important. So basically it's, it's basically four weeks or 28 days after the second dose of Pfizer or the Moderna. So it's the same 28 day period. So again, if you're one of those people who's gotten vaccinated recently and you're ready to receive a third dose, you certainly could do it now. You certainly could wait too. You know, I think for people who who've gotten the vaccine and have had it for for a significant period of time and got it when it was first available, you know, in New York state, that's probably like February, March, April, around in there of last of, 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 um, uh, of 2021, you know, that's, you know, anytime 28 days after that second dose, you can get your third dose if you, if you're, if you, if one of the candidates to, to receive it.
1: Can you mix and match the vaccines? If you've gotten Pfizer, can your third dose be Moderna and vice versa?
2: Yeah, so so this is a tough one, but but really the the recommendation right now is that the third dose of the mRNA vaccine should really should be the same as what as what you got. Um uh, a person should not receive more than 3 mRNA uh, vaccine doses, but if the mRNA vaccine um that uh that's given uh, for the first two doses is not available or it's unknown, either of them is okay. But if you ask me, I think I would try to stick to the same version. If you got Moderna before, I'm sure you can find it. Can find it somewhere and get Moderna now. If you, if you got Pfizer, I would stick with the Pfizer. But again, if, if it's if, if it's unknown or if it's not available, you certainly can. If you're willing to get the dose, you can, you can use one of the other ones. And there is some limited date on doing that. But again, I would encourage people if they can get the same one that they've gotten before, I think really is the uh, is, is probably the, the best way to probably do it.
1: What about people who initially received the J&J or Johnson & Johnson or Janssen vaccine? What should they do?
2: Okay, so the FDA's current EWA amendment really only applies to the, to the mRNA COVID vaccines, um, and that's what the CDC recommendation is for as well. There are some emerging data that have demonstrated that people who are immunocompromised um, following those two doses uh, may have an improved response after an additional dose of the same vaccine. So getting that third dose, so it's just not enough data at this time to determine whether immunocompromised people um, who received the J&J COVID-19 vaccine have also improved antibody response. So we just really don't know that. Now I can tell you this, now, you know, in this immunocompromised setting is one thing, but um, just in the last couple of days, again, this is, we're talking middle of September, of 2021, when this is being recorded, there is some there is some data now on J&J's second dose and showing that it's about 95, 94 percent, I think was the number, uh, effective for people who um, uh, to prevent uh, severe COVID COVID-19 disease. So again, there is a there is there was a two dose study which with with Janssen's vaccine it just wasn't available, um, and that's why they used the single dose for, for, for as long as we did. But now there is some data out there on that on the two dose series with Janssen. now how that how that changes the recommendations here for immunocompromised patients we just don't know yet based on what we know today. And again, as I said, this is middle of September of, uh, of 20, 2021.
1: Can you talk a little bit about the actual benefits of receiving this third dose?
2: Yes, yeah, so I think the most important thing is you know really um, making sure those antibody levels are as high as they can really to prevent, life-threatening COVID-19 in, the, in patients who have not responded to the initial vaccine series. And some of the ongoing trials, the mRNA uh, vaccines, the Pfizer and Moderna have really been shown to prevent COVID-19 following the two dose, but limited information has been suggesting that some of the immunocompromised people who have low or no protection after the two, two doses of the vaccines may have an improved response after an additional dose or a third dose of the same vaccine. So there's some limited, limited information on doing this and immunocompromised people, there appears to be appears to be a benefit. So I think that's really the, the key piece is just to kind of provide that extra protection uh, for for those immunocompromised people.
1: So I know we've been talking about what a great idea it is to get this third dose, but I'm sure a lot of people out there are wondering if there are any risks associated with doing so. What can you yeah, tell so this, us about that?
2: Yeah, I, sorry, I talked over. You. I didn't mean to. Sorry, Marianne, but you know, um, live TV, I guess. Right. So I guess the, the, the the point with this, um, I know everybody knows he's a recorder, but it was kind of a joke. So, um, and we won't cut it out either. We'll leave it in because it's, it's a good, it's a good one. Um, but, um, so the benefits of the additional dose, I I think, I think you have to remember that a lot of these extra doses, it's based on small numbers of patients. Right. And I think that's one of that's, I think that's always a little bit of a concern, but I don't, I, I mean, we've had, we've had so many patients who have gotten, Two doses of these vaccines and and, and the, at this point you know it doesn't seem to be that there's there's any major toxicities that are coming out of it so they have a, they have evaluated these third doses um, again the, the data is limited uh, but I think so far the reactions after that third our uh, RNA dose and the patients that did get it are very similar to what you would see with the two dose series so it's fatigue um, <clears throat> pain at the injection site were the most common things Um but overall, most of the symptoms were mild to moderate. And just with the two dose series um, series, uh, you know adverse events are certainly rare but certainly may occur. So I don't want to minimize any safety issues that may potentially happen, but you know it doesn't appear to be that that this is a, uh, is a major a major issue with preventing people from, from getting it. And just before we before uh, Mariana closes, this out, I just want to really recommend that you know, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about with, with SARS, uh, COVID2, and COVID-19, it's, it's rapidly changing. So I just encourage you that if you're hearing this and, and you know, just make sure you, you know the date that it was recorded and when we're talking about it. Some of this is really kind of in flux. There's a lot of new data coming out really on a regular basis for COVID-19. And I just encourage you to make sure that you're uh, listening to the most recent versions and also making sure that um, you're going to reputable websites if you're looking stuff up for clinical reasons for, for patients, making sure that you're following uh, the most recent guidance from, from CDC and also from the FDA.
1: Yes, for anybody wondering, this is being recorded at the end of September in 2021. So John, thank you so much for joining us today and telling us all about this new development in the COVID-19 pandemic and you know who should be getting a third dose of the existing vaccines so that they can continue to protect themselves and keep others safe. Mm-hmm. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about NECA AETC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nicaatc.org. That's www.necaaetc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at NikaATC.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at NikaATC.org. Stay safe and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know.